You ever have a coworker? Maybe some of you have a coworker today that does this. I uh, hope you're not the one that does it, but loves to take credit for the work that other people do. Okay, we had this conversation, Dad. I didn't think you were going to put it out there for everybody <laughs> to hear. <laughs> all right. Well, we're I think in, we uh, all, come on, we all know people like that, though, right? Yep. We yep, all know people like that. Do. And Paul knew somebody like that. Yeah. And we're going to see that today. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. You want to start, Junior? Yep. And it is 18 verses. Yep. So I'll toss to you at verse 9. This is now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ, though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. Well, that's, I, I, <laughs> I have just, that just, uh, I realize you think I'm timid in person. Okay. So do you think Paul was a little bit more standoffish? I, I think that he probably was uh, more of an introvert. Interesting. And I think that he was bold of speech when he would, when he would bring his message. That's the indication we have. Okay. But he was a little more quiet when it came to just the, the conversations, lobby conversations, that kind of thing. Wow. That's, the, that's what I get. kind of makes this. me feel better about my own personality. Because, you know, sometimes I, I look at Pastor Brian, who mm-hmm. we all look up to. And I'm yeah. so glad that he is gifted the way he is. But he can work a lobby. God would make a great politician. I yeah. mean that in a positive way. In a positive way, I really do. But you know, I look at him. He's like he can he can make friends really quick. Yeah. I'm not that way. So well, our wives, both you know, your mom and your wife, my wife and my daughter, they're both that way. As well. they're really good at just uh, you know those those small talk conversations that are important to people. Yeah, and I think both of us are pretty bad at it. Yeah, and Verse, I think Paul was that way. Yeah. Verse 2, which is kind of encouraging. Verse 2 says, well, I am begging you now that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I love that. Mm -hmm. What? He's... This guy's such like a wordsmith, you know? Yep. And after you have, and and I do want to point this out too, because he says, and teach them to obey Christ. Mm -hmm. There can be like this weird, and and a lot of times it's in just some, I would say sometimes legalistic circles. You can correct me if I'm wrong, dad. But where people, they're they're almost against practical teaching. Yeah. You know, and they they almost, they'll they'll demonize it sometimes. It's just self-help preaching. And I get that there can be over the top, like, self-help mm-hmm. instead of from scripture but like you, you read through paul's teaching here paul's saying you teach them how to obey yeah they call it moralizing yeah and uh moralizing scripture but the if you <laughs> the sermon on the mount was all practical teaching and yeah. w- what they would call moralizing yeah. and yet well the great commission um, make disciples how yeah. do you make disciples Teach them obey. Teach Christ. them how to obey mm-hmm. it's gonna be behavior modification if yeah. you're gonna teach somebody how, yeah. to, how to obey and after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. And it's part of the problem here was that some, because of the harsh words that Paul had given them, I think that the reaction was, by some that, well, who is Paul that he gets to tell us this? We don't have to listen to him. Yeah. And his whole point is, listen, we don't have a New Testament that's completed yet. I am an apostle and I have God's stamp of approval on my words. And so, yes, I do have a voice of authority. Hmm. Yeah. 
That's good. All right, verse 9, I'm not trying to frighten you by my letters, for some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> some had said that. He's not timid. Yeah. Those people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as, as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. <laughs> hmm. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We're not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we had never visited you, for we are the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. I mean, the church had so much to... Yeah. That they owed to him, actually. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. So he, he, he says, I, the work that I did among you, I want that to go beyond your borders. I want you now to do the same thing for you to be eager in presenting these things to others. Yeah, don't let it stop at you. Mm-hmm. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. And, and by the way, you know, I we, I do get a fair number of questions, particularly from people outside of our church, is that why, why, why so many congregations or so many locations, why so many campuses? And it's because when we started reaching our limit in one place, in our first place, we didn't want to stop there. We want every neighborhood, we want every community to have the same message. And so we continue to expand and multiply, not trying to build a brand or make a name for ourselves. And, and people can pass judgment on that and they can say whatever they want. But my heart cry is for the gospel to get out there and for us to be as effective as we possibly can yeah. in seeing people come to know Jesus. Well, and the reason Paul's hitting this so hard is that this is how the gospel spreads from one person it to is. the next to the next. And I'm not saying this is like going to happen and I can't say this, you know, biblically at all. But like, what if we got to heaven one day and God just kind of outlined, hey, it started with you and then it went to you and then it went to you and it became a tree. Wouldn't it be just the worst to like, it gets to you and it's like, there's nobody behind me. It stopped. It stopped at me. Oh my goodness. Right. You know, on the other hand, I am continually imagining the conversations I will have with people who are going to say, thank you. Yeah. You know, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for, for sharing. Yep. People that, that day, we didn't even maybe that even That day knew. you asked for people to bow their heads and invited them to receive Jesus. I, I was one of those people, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be a joyous day. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. Well, that's good. This. Yeah, so we, we're not going to do very good at impressing. Every, you can't please everybody. And Paul acknowledges this. We ought to be living to please Jesus. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get over to Proverbs chapter six. And in Proverbs right. chapter six, I, I just want to read one verse. Just, a, you know, verse. it's a powerful, this is such a powerful verse. Everybody ought to, Junior, all of us need to really pay attention to this. My son Obey your father's commands. Okay. Junior, you really need to get a haircut. I'm not going to get a haircut. <laughs> every I don't know what it is about the people who listen to this podcast, but every time we talk about my hair, I will get a few texts and emails. Yeah. Just teasing. I mean, I yeah. know they're, they're joking. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I don't know. It says, my son, obey your father's commands. 
and don't neglect your mother's teaching. <laughs> well, my DNA test hasn't come back yet fully yeah. that I'm your son. So, I, <laughs> well, in in reality, and and you know the, the truth is, I would never tell you to get a haircut. I you know I joke about it, but in reality, this this is really good. I mean, even if we've had some difficult parents, and a lot of you know the the mess of a family that I came out of, but. There's so many solid principles, and it's my job to sift through it and still pull those beneficial things that I got as a child and to practice those things. And it is important for us to honor and look up to and appreciate the parenting that God has given to us. I think that maybe this is a good time for all of us, even those from difficult homes. And I, and I I know because I've had, I've had some people tell me that sometimes this produces some tears to yeah. hear this when you've come from a, a tough family. Um, but all of us are have an obligation to honor our parents yeah. and that may look differently depending on the family that you come from and how old you are too you yes. know if you're out of the house of honor doesn't necessarily mean obey mm-hmm. but honor can mean talking about them to others in a positive light and yeah. when you're if you're with them if they're still around you know that just the showing of honor with showing and, and love just being good and expressing appreciation and so even coming from a difficult family, there are things that we can appreciate and express appreciation for. And I think that's important that we do. All right. So maybe today is the day, you know, it's Friday, it's a weekend uh, yeah. we're coming up. And uh, so maybe that's what God has on your plate today. Yeah. In what way in a special, you know, being special, can you honor the parents that God has given to you? I, I have to say this, so, you know, Junior sitting here beside me and, you know, began with joking, but I, you know, there's been so many times where the way he has honored me has brought me to tears. And I, I do think that that's important. I appreciate the kids that God's given me and how they have honored me. And I, I know what it means to me. And I can tell you that are listening, the, what that will mean to your parents as well. And this is what God wants. So yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. Well, it's Friday, October 6th. And today is national, I kind of like this, National Smile Day. All right, I do so, like it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a lot. I've I've noticed, especially as of late, post COVID. I don't know if it's just maybe I'm more sensitive to it or not. People just don't smile. Go to no, the grocery store; yeah. they're not. Nobody's smiling. Yeah. I and it's it's interesting where you're at. So if I go up to a, like a bike trail, I ride on a bike trail in Wisconsin. People will say hi to me as I ride by, smile. In, here in Chicago, not so much. I don't know what it is; just different cultures. Yeah. But as believers, we should really embrace this day. And, and smi- don't smile. smile because you're happy. So, well, my heart's yeah. not in it. No, yeah. don't smile because you're happy. Smile as a gift. Yeah. If God has saved your life, you shouldn't have an RBF. And by RBF, I mean resting bad face. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you, I spoke. Yeah, you, were, you shot me a look. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I spoke. Well, I spoke at a conference for retired people, and I used the term RBF. And a guy yeah. came to answer, he goes, "What does that mean?" <laughs> well, I said what the original meaning was, and he goes, "Oh." I said, I hate to even say it. He goes, oh, I never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, resting, resting bad, face. bad face. Okay, I like that better. <laughs> As believers, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, yeah. you shouldn't have an RBF, a resting bad face. You should be happy and you should show it. The gospel of Jesus Christ should look like it on your face. Yeah. So embrace today. Make sure you're smiling more today. And we'll see you. Well, be in church this weekend. We yeah. said every Friday. Be in church, be in scripture, and we'll see you Monday.